It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosol, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Deer hunting is over, and now we wait for the numbers. Sounds like they're going to be a little bit lower as Bob and Jill join you this morning on the farm show. And uh tell you, I drove back from Madison yesterday morning. I was down there over the weekend. My son had a birthday, so I went down there to help celebrate it with him. Came back yesterday. I did not see, and I know it was Monday. The season ended on Sunday, so I wasn't on the road on Sunday. But still and all, did not see one deer in the back of a pickup or strapped to the trunk of a car or the top of an SUV or anything, which surprised me. I I, I don't know. What's going on? I did not actually see any 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 pickups either, but I did see some when I was over Spencer Way. There was a couple bucks hanging up uh, okay. earlier last week. All right, yeah, earlier, so, but a, a couple of bucks. I, I mean, know. normally <laughs> they're hanging on the deer racks all over because it was... It was cold enough at night to stiffen them up, but uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the deer harvest is because, of course, the deer harvest has a lot to do with agriculture because, uh, you know, they wouldn't be there. Dairy farmer or farmers in general, rather, didn't feed those deer all year long. Corn and hay, it's uh, something that the, they have the tendency to get into those plastic bags of silage as well. So, again... Deer hunting, very important to agriculture, that's for sure. We'll talk about the crop progress as far as the wrap-up of the season. A lot of combines have been cleaned up and are back in the sheds now, but not all of them. So, again, we'll talk about that. Maybe the, the top story will be that decision at the way at the end of last week. That Friday news dump, as always, comes out on Friday. That decision in the dairy industry, the U.S.-Canada-Mexico Free Trade Agreement, And we'll just say right now, not all that favorable for the U.S. And we'll hear about that and uh, what the implications are there. Also, over the weekend, I went down, and something that if you ever get down to Madison and uh, have a chance, go to a University of Wisconsin women's volleyball game. game. You know, there are five sets, and it's, uh, it's unbelievable entertainment. Well, they crushed Nebraska, so that would be the most unbelievable, I yeah, guess, because Nebraska's rated pretty high, aren't they? Number one. <laughs> wow. And Wisconsin, I think, at number five. And then on Saturday evening, we went, my son and I, we went, and they beat Iowa in three straight games to uh, win that set, three to nothing. And so this volleyball team is trending up. They need to get to the top four in the rankings to host the regionals uh, through, uh, I don't know, until they get close to the final four, whatever it is. So this should do that, not only uh, beating Nebraska the way they did, but also uh, beating Iowa three three games to none. 
So that'll be interesting. A lot of folks are looking for that. We'll also get an update on cranberries. We're going to talk about uh, timber education and a whole lot more this morning. And uh, weather-wise, if you've got more combining to do, shouldn't be a problem. Just a little cold out there as it won't get out of the 20s today. But it will tomorrow. It'll even get out of the 30s on Wednesday as we should be around 40. So we'll talk about that and a whole lot more as we uh, go along and look at farm news this morning. Jerry Clark, Chippewa Dono, Clark County Crops and Soils agent, will be in with an update on uh, what's going on. Some uh, big winter meetings coming up very soon that uh, will be of interest or should be of interest to you if you're uh, you're out there in the grain fields as far as marketing and other things uh, for your fields and your crops. Also, Lots of conventions coming up. A lot of things happen between Thanksgiving and Christmas. A lot of meetings are squeezed in here, and it uh, starts this coming weekend. Jill, what what are some of the things going on? I know we've got uh, Farm First Dairy Cooperative. Their annual meetings are continuing around the area, and I don't know if we have any this week around here we do. or what the schedule is all about. What's it look like for Farm First Dairy Cooperative? Well, we had one yesterday, and there is one today at noon at Ag Country Financial in Marshfield. But beyond that, we've got the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Annual Convention that starts on Friday and runs through Monday at the Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. The Wisconsin Dells is going to be hopping here real quick. Yeah, it really is. And, of course, lots of young people involved in that. Also, the Aldo Leopold Award. And we've heard programs over the last uh, couple of weeks with some of those Aldo Leopold finalists, including finalists from our area. So we'll be keeping an eye on that as well as, of course, uh, Monday, a week from yesterday, they'll be into their resolution session. And that's always an interesting time. So, again, uh, that's the Farm Bureau Convention this coming weekend, and then after that... Well, there's a new Wisconsin Water and Soil Health Health Conference, and that's at the Kalahar Resort. That's December 7th and 8th. So that's something new, but it sounds like it should be a good good time and a lot of information out there. And the Wisconsin Farmers Union, their 93rd Annual State Convention, that's December 9th and 10th. And that's at the Chula Vista Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Yeah, talking to the folks from the Farmers Union here a couple of uh, years ago, there's no place to have conventions around Wisconsin anymore. You know, they took our one hotel that we had for conventions, they tore it down and put the Marshfield Hospital up there, Marshfield Health Systems Hospital. And uh, so we've got three hospitals and no convention center to speak of in Eau Claire, so... Their convention was always in February, the Farmers Union, but now they moved it up to December to find a place to have that meeting. So again, what's been uh, going on, they uh, don't have many convention sessions. I think what happened is partly COVID, all the uh, video and, you know, they can do the, uh, on the computers now, you can hold meetings and this and the other thing, but... More business gets done face-to-face than it does over any computer. I don't care what they say. It's handy. Don't have to travel. Don't have to pay a hotel bill. But uh, it's still not the same. If you got decisions to make about an organization, you like to do it face-to-face. That's for sure. So, again, and we'll be uh, at some of those meetings as well. So there's a lot going on as we take a look at the news in agriculture. We will talk more 
about that uh, dairy decision affecting Canada and the U.S. And we'll take a look at Cranberries as well. And Jerry Clark will also be in an education on timber in Wisconsin. So we've got a busy Tuesday morning here at Wax, including whether it's not too bad to get around to get the harvest done. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It'll be sunny early today, then some clouds move in as we get a little warm front moving through. It'll only be 25 today, tonight down to 23, but 40 tomorrow should be a beauty. 40 and mostly sunny. Thursday, 36, partly cloudy. Sunny again on Friday, 33 for the high. Mid-30s on Saturday and Sunday and Sunday. There is a chance of some snow once again with a high of 35 on Sunday. Right now, we've got 6 degrees out there. Kind of cool, but not a bad morning. That's country, bro. That's Toby Keith on Wax on a Tuesday morning. 6 degrees right now. 25 the high sun early, then clouding up as the morning goes along. 5 o'clock, this is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Let's take a look at some of the news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Israel and Hamas are agreeing to pause fighting for another two days. Trey Thomas reports. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told reporters Hamas has agreed to release another 20 hostages over that time. The humanitarian pause has already brought a halt to the fighting together with a surge of humanitarian assistance. Kirby said he believes less than 10 Americans are still being held by the militant group. The White House is calling for a longer pause to allow the release of all hostages. I'm Trey Thomas. President Biden is rolling out new actions to strengthen U.S. supply chains. We're doubling down on our work at home, starting right here, right now, with the launch of a new Council on Supply Chain Resilience. While speaking from the White House Monday, Biden said the new council will focus on ensuring supply chains remain secure and diversified. Other actions include the creation of an early warning system to spot supply chain risks. Biden said his administration is focused on lowering the price of goods for Americans. A Southwest Airlines passenger is being evaluated at a hospital after exiting through a plane's emergency exit hatch at a Louisiana airport over the weekend. It happened on the Skyway while the plane wasn't moving at Louis Armstrong New Orleans International Airport. Officials say the man climbed onto the plane's wing before being caught on the tarmac. It's not clear what prompted the passenger to open the emergency exit. The Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office said no criminal charges have been filed and the investigation has been referred to federal authorities. And former First Lady Rosalind Carter is lying in repose at the Jimmy Carter Presidential Library in Atlanta. The family has invited members of the public to pay their respects. Former President Jimmy Carter is planning to attend the memorial service for his wife. He is reportedly in Atlanta after traveling from his hospice care to take part in the service. President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden will also be attending. Carter passed away earlier this month at the age of 96. You are listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Time is of the essence with COVID-19. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Weather-wise, I think it's going to be a pretty decent week. 25 today, sunny early, then clouds will be moving in, but that's bringing in a little warmer weather because tomorrow it's going to be 40 and mostly sunny. Should be a dandy. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday back into the 30s and partly to mostly sunny whatever the case may be. And then Sunday, though, there is another chance of snow. We'll catch up with Mike Dandry a little bit later on and find out what he's got to say about that. Rice Lake and Medford, four above this morning. There are a few spots that uh, had minus signs in front of them, very few, but uh, they're out there. 
Medford, as we said, along with Rice Lake at four above. Marshfield, five above. Lacrosse, 14. Green Bay, Madison, Sun Prairie at 12 this morning. Milwaukee at 16. And right here in the great Northwest, six degrees this morning. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And, of course, we had a little shorter week last week with Thanksgiving, but uh, things got rolling again yesterday in the markets. And uh, a little later on, we'll we'll hear from uh, folks at Sparta. We'll also hear from uh, Jerry Fitzgerald over there at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. But in the meantime, we'll look at some of the other numbers. And, Jill, the cash livestock numbers as we get started in the new week. Choice fed beef steers are 170 to 182 with mixed steers at 115 to 166. Choice fed beef heifers are 170 to 182 with mixed heifers 110 to 166. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 140 to 176 with choice fed Holstein steers 155 to 163. With select and silage fed steers 101 to 154. Cows are 73 to 94 with a top of 118 with bulls at 101 to 127. Butcher hogs are 49 to 93. Sows are 47 to 49 and boars are 15 to 19. New crop market lambs are 160 to 171. Feeder lambs are 50 to 230 with ewes at 55 to 135. Small goats are 10 to $155. Medium goats are 75 to $215. Large goats are one hundred forty-five to three hundred twenty dollars, with nanny goats at for thirty-five to two hundred thirty dollars. All right, now the rest of the markets at the Mercantile Exchange. Livestock futures were down except for December hogs. That was the only up arrow we had. So live cattle for December down a dollar forty-seven, closing at one sixty-eight seventy-seven. February down two fifteen one sixty-eight eighty-two. April live cattle one seventy sixty-seven. Down 262 at June at 166.67, down 282. January feeder cattle 212.80 at the close. Again, some big numbers lower. Down $6.52. March, not much better, down 642 at 216.30. April closed at 220.22, down 645. May, down the most, down 660 at 223.87. And August feeder cattle's. Two hundred and thirty-eight dollars, even that's down six thirty-seven. The only up arrow, December hogs, sixty-seven eighty-seven. That was up thirty cents. February hogs, sixty-six ninety-two, down a dollar eighty-five. April at seventy-three sixty-two, down a dollar sixty-five. And May hogs at eighty-one fifteen, down eighty-seven. On the board of trade, it was mixed yesterday. Soybeans were a little bit higher, quiet, uh, but a little higher. Corn and wheat were down uh, three straight days, the lower markets for corn. Big corn crop coming off and uh, some poor wheat exports out there. Looking at the overnight prices, March corn, a fraction higher, sitting at 475 this morning. Oats down a fraction at 374. March wheat up four cents, 565. And March soybeans up six cents overnight at 1354, with March meal up 80 cents a ton at 423.40. Cheese prices were a little higher yesterday. Barrels up three cents, one forty-seven. The blocks up two at one sixty-one. Butter, double A butter, unchanged at two fifty a pound. Class three November up two at seventeen fifteen. December up one at sixteen thirty-six. 
And then they went the other way. January down nine cents, sixteen thirty-five. February down twelve at sixteen eighty-six, and March down sixteen at seventeen forty-six. And looking out, prices were mixed out through next summer. So that's the way the markets look this morning. Brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Right now, we've got almost eleven minutes after five o'clock. A dairy decision. On the U.S.-Mexico-Canada free trade agreement that's not making the U.S. dairy industry very happy. We'll take a look at that and other farm news on WAC. Keeping it rural. WAX 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's all in the eye of the beholder. Who won and who lost? As far as U.S. dairy is concerned, we lost. Jill, what are we talking about? Well, those Canadian officials continue to find new ways to protect their supply management system in the dairy industry by limiting U.S. dairy exports into Canada. On Friday, the United States-Mexico-Canada Free Trade Agreements Dispute Settlement Panel sided with Canada over the U.S. in a dairy market access dispute. The panel concluded that Canada's latest tariff rate quota moves do not violate its obligations under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. The latest ruling followed a January 2022 ruling in the United States' favor against Canada over claims that Canada improperly restricted its market to U.S. dairy products. Canada did adjust some of its dairy rate quota rules after that January 22 ruling, but the U.S. dairy industry and the Biden administration claimed that the changes still fell short of Canada's market obligations under the three-country agreement. Roughly 3.5% of the Canadian dairy product market was promised to U.S. dairy farmers, but most of that tariff rate quotas are split among Canadian processors, causing U.S. companies to continue to have restricted access to the market. Dairy organizations, U.S. trade representatives, and the House Ag Committee members are all very disappointed with the latest ruling in favor of Canada. Since the 2020 signing of the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, U.S. dairy exports to Canada grew to $1 billion in value in 2022. And for the first nine months of 2023, nearly $818 million worth of U.S. dairy products has been exported to Canada, up about 4.8% compared to the same time period in 2022. And numbers can be deceiving. Uh, Those numbers, while they are up, they are not uh, reflective of the uh, real situation. And Tammy Baldwin uh, Wisconsin Democratic U.S. Senator, who's been very involved in this issue, is not happy. She said in a statement released yesterday, Wisconsin dairy farmers work hard every day to bring world-class products to market, and they deserve a level playing field with their global competitors. This decision flies in the face of the agreement our country made with Canada and puts our made-in-Wisconsin dairy products at a disadvantage, she said. This decision should have resulted in necessary improvements for market access for American dairy products into Canada. And again, saving uh, those quotas for Canadian processors is not the intent of that agreement. 
but it uh, sets a disturbing precedent that weakens the ability to use USCMCA to put back against trade violations moving forward. And that, that's the concern with this decision. What about disputes, settlements going forward? They're intended to bring resolutions to trade disputes quickly and fairly. Last year, a dispute settlement panel brought under USMCA found that Canada was reserving its dairy tariff rate quotas for the exclusive use of Canadian processors, and that is in violations of commitment to dairy market access under USMCA. So uh, how this ruling came about, we're not sure who's on the ruling panel and uh, how it all works, but during the dispute, Canada did not make the necessary reforms to its tariff rate quota procedures. So again, that uh, sure seems to be uh, something wrong with this decision, but unfortunately... We have to live with it, and uh, and we will live with it. But, uh, again, it doesn't make it any easier, and we'll get in touch with folks in the dairy industry, see what their reaction is and how this will affect the industry moving forward. But uh, that's the decision the USMCA Trade Dispute Panel came up with after, you know, last year said, yeah, they're in violation. This year, they're not in violation. So, you know, you just keep uh, filing trade disputes, and hopefully you'll get the decision you want, and then the other side will file another dispute. So, again, will we ever get it resolved? Will it ever work out? And uh, once again, don't forget the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Annual Convention will be held this weekend, December 1st through the 4th, at the Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Competition, election, policy talk, networking, a silent auction, a trade show, or a few of the events on the agenda for the weekend as is the presentation of the Aldo Leopold Award for Conservation Excellence. And that's a pretty nice award, $10,000. Also, a crystal wool, crystal, big china crystal piece, and recognition of your conservation efforts on the farm. Four finalists every year. We've heard from most of them over the past few weeks. So a big weekend down at Wisconsin Dells. Big weekend next week as well with the Farm Bureau. Goes, or the Farmers Union, rather, goes to Wisconsin Dells. 18 minutes after 5 o'clock, and a lot of this going on. A lot of people in the woods. Now that deer hunting is over, as far as the gun season is concerned, we know there's still, what, muzzleloader and all kinds of bow hunting still going on. But again, uh, people making a lot of wood out there, so a little timber education this morning. As we go forward on the farm show, it's 18 and a half minutes after 5 o'clock, 6 degrees outside our back door, 25 today. Now, it'll be sunny early, and uh, then the clouds are going to start moving in as the morning goes along and giving us a mostly cloudy afternoon. Tomorrow, though, they'll move back out. We're going to get a mostly sunny day as the winds will come out of the south-southwest. We'll warm up to 40 degrees tomorrow, so again... You got corn to harvest, and we do. We'll look at the crop progress report, see that uh, it's not all off, and all you got to do is drive around, and there's still a chunk of corn in the fields. But timber education, next on Wax.org. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Did you know that forest products provide $24 billion to Wisconsin's economy? Or that forestry is the number one employer in eight Wisconsin counties? These are important facts that highlight the value of timber to Wisconsin. 
coming to you from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. I'm Nate Zimdars, and to support the industry, skilled workers are needed. One college that is devoted to educating the necessary workforce is North Central Technical College in Anago. Logan Wells is the wood science instructor at the college's Wood Technology Center of Excellence. He speaks about his program, the career opportunities available in forestry for his students, and how this will support the industry. Tell me about your forest science program at North Central Tech. North Central Technical College has a wood science program stationed at the Anago campus. So the main NTC campus is in Wausau, Wisconsin. We have a special facility called the Wood Technology Center of Excellence. And this training center has all of the -the state-of-the-art equipment and focuses on all the career skills needed along the forest product supply chain. So from the moment the tree is cut all the way to making finished products, we go over all the skills and steps in that process. We have a two-year associate degree that focuses on every class that we offer. Again, what do we do with the byproducts, the sawdust, the bark, all the way to making a finished product and a business plan to go with that. That's our two-year associate degree. The one-year technical diploma focuses kind of the meat and potatoes. What are some of the key pieces of equipment and the basics of wood science? It doesn't have some of the other gen ed classes in that program. And then the third program option that we have under the wood science department is a certificate. So certificates are two to three classes that focus on a specific area of the industry that somebody wants to learn about. They can be as short as four weeks or as long as a semester, 16 weeks. What makes your facilities for wood science unique? The wood technology program we have is one of a kind in the state and in the country even because we encompass the entire supply chain from when the tree is cut down all the way to making finished products um, and the business plan. So there are other cabinetry and furniture-related programs. We talk a little bit about that in our program, but that's maybe 10% of what we do. We encompass all of the primary ends. So when I say primary, the primary forest products industry is when we take a log or round wood that we harvest from the forest and turn it into an intermediary product. So whether that's lumber, veneer, or strands for like OSB, those are primary products meant to be manufactured once more into finished products. And so uh, that would be the secondary side of the industry when we take that lumber and we turn it into a piece of furniture. Again, makes our program unique is telling the story of that entire forest product supply chain and then also the hands-on nature of our program with the -the state-of-the-art equipment. What are the most common careers in Wisconsin forestry right now? One of the challenges we have with marketing our program, when we say we go to school for a wood science associate's degree, what does that look like as a career path? And so we've been hosting an open house that exposes prospective students to different careers in the industry. So we've got alumni that work in sales and marketing, that work in product research and development, quality control, but also on the primary side, running sawmill, turning logs into lumber or veneer. One other really cool position is a kiln operator. So when the tree is cut down and sawn into lumber, all that lumber needs to be dried before it can be turned into a finished product. And there's a role for somebody who understands the drying rate. I kind of compare it to every species and product, whether that's the thickness of the lumber or grade, is dried to a special recipe. And we call those kiln schedules. And a kiln operator understands how the wood is drying and can produce high-quality product and dry lumber quickly to help save the company money. 
So what careers are you specifically focusing on for your students? Or are you just trying to provide them the basic knowledge and then what they do with it after they graduate is completely up to them? The way we like to approach it is that students are learning about career paths and there's hundreds of options that they can follow within the wood industry. So they're learning skills like lumber grading and, uh, again, CNC router, how to write computer code and machine wood parts to specific tolerances, setting up molders. So they're learning a whole host of career skills with hundreds of career paths, and it's really up to the student on what do they find interesting, what are they good at, enjoy, and finding the position in the area they want to live. Those all factor into it. So it's not just one position that our associate degree and technical diploma and certificate students are going into. It's a whole career field. Are there certain pathways within forestry that you're seeing more of your students gravitate towards? Quality control is probably one of the most pursued by a lot of our graduates. So by quality control, working with a company that mass produces, say, plywood or flooring or any of our wood products, could be cabinet doors, you name it, And our graduates have this wood background that helps them troubleshoot manufacturing issues. And then they also have this hands-on experience with running equipment and understanding technology, and they're able to troubleshoot. So that's one of the areas that our alumni are really competitive in is quality control type roles. Another one would be customer support and in a sales role. So our graduates have worked with different wood materials. They have a great depth of knowledge that allows them to provide top-notch customer service and, again, help troubleshoot. They use this knowledge base of how trees grow and and wood cell structure um, and are able to apply that to industry and help people use wood products. So two career paths, quality control and customer support. Again, a little bit of research development, design. We've got a number of alumni that have worked with, like, designing interior spaces. So, again, they've got this materials background. They understand SketchUp and other drafting softwares, and they know how to build. So it makes them very desirable from an industry perspective. They love our graduates and all the skills that they can bring when they graduate. Why should people consider pursuing careers in forestry? I've got a host of regions that I pitch for why people should consider a career in the forest products industry. One reason is the technology. So when we look at being able to do more with less people, we have some amazing innovations coming our way. And so one of those I explained to students is being able to design parts on a computer. So we call that CNC, computer numeric controlled, where you can design a product or a sign on the computer, and then you're able to program that in a CAM software, which stands for Computer Aided Machining. And what that does is it allows us to design a product on the computer and then tell a router where to cut, what tool to cut with, how to use that as far as how fast to go, and then we can create really unique parts with tight tolerances and repeatability. And again, quite an industry it's getting to be. It always has been a big industry, the uh, lumber, timber industry in Wisconsin, but now timber education really getting sophisticated. That's Logan Wells, wood science instructor at North Central Technical College over in Antigo. So always interesting, and I don't know about you, Joe, but it's always amazing to me to go into somebody's workshop and and see all the saws and the routers and the tools that they've got and what they can take a piece of wood and turn it into. It's unbelievable, and a lot of these things are done in home wood shops. 
Well, I think it's fascinating. You know, it's, we're way beyond the pounding the nail into the wood to get it what you need it to be. Oh, absolutely. The way they can join corners and scroll wood, it's unreal. So timber education over there in Antico. All right, coming up, we'll get an education on the markets. Rocky's going to join us from Premier over there in the Withy area. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, it's full speed ahead now. Thanksgiving is over, and the markets will be open on a regular schedule now through Christmas, and it's about another three weeks. And we've got to uh, go ahead and take a look at what's going on this week so far. Rocky Olson joins us from Premier Livestock in the Withy area. And Rocky, I suppose you talked about it yesterday, but I wasn't here. Uh, did you fill your tags at all? You or the kids? Nothing, nothing exciting happening. Really, we were kind of doing a little buck hunting this time, and yep. just didn't see any of the ones we were quite looking for. So, did it, did you see anybody take the ones you were looking for? Did you get a uh, there was a couple nice ones. Oh, yep. good, all right, quite local, well, right well, local. So, still got some bow season to hunt. Yeah, yeah. This is the kind of weather here. We got one degree here this morning. Uh, They'll be moving this morning, I'm sure. Yeah, they'll be going out there to stay warm. Yep. Well, uh, get us warmed up here with some prices. How did we do yesterday over there at Premier Livestock? Uh, thank you, Bob. Good morning, everyone. This uh, yesterday, uh, Monday's uh, auction shaped up here. Uh, we had a huge run yesterday with the shortened holiday week. We sold 1,500 head of livestock yesterday. Fed cattle traded steady, high choice and prime. Holstein steers 150 to 162. Selects 140 to 149. Choice beef up to 174. Market cows high yielding from 95 to a dollar 18. Many cows from 72 to 94. High yielding market bulls from from 105 to 121, organic market cows sold every Monday, mostly 115 to 140. Uh, we had a huge run of baby calves, guys. We sold 875 newborn calves yesterday. Holstein bull calves, mostly from 250 to 460, top of 480. Uh, beef calves from 350 to 660. Uh, today, Tuesday, we have our special monthly dairy heifer auction. Uh, like I said, that is today at 11 o'clock. We're expecting over 400 head of dairy heifers. That's going to be right from started calves uh, right through springing heifers. Like I said, make sure your consignments are in uh, uh, from 7 to 10 this morning. Try to have them in to prevent checks by 10 o'clock. Uh, then tomorrow, Wednesday, we have another dairy cattle auction, an excellent selection of top-notch fresh cows and springing heifers. Lots and lots of high, high-quality fresh parlor freestall consignments from some of our best consigners for that sale tomorrow. Full detailed list of consignments at premier livestock and auctions.com questions call us at premier uh 715-229-2500 and that's how things shaped up bob hope those boys that bought all those calves got some place to keep warm i guess i think for what they're paying for them they got a taj mahal's waiting for them yeah <laughs> the markets uh they're softening up a little bit these futures oh yeah were a they, surprise. yeah that uh that that's board not, of trade has just taken absolute beating yeah. on the feeder cattle, and yep, I don't think there's any good reason really for it. No, but, that's uh, what I was going to ask. What have you heard? What are they talking about? Any it, reason for it? There's, there's just, I mean, other than there was a backed-up supply from, uh, you know, the cattle, because the packing plants were killing less cattle so they yep. could back the market up. Sure, and that's what so, they've done. So, Yep, you can put them all around a round table. That's for sure. I know it, which is unfortunate. But uh, hopefully there are some being built. Maybe that'll change this, but it'll take a year or two. So oh, yeah. we'll see yep. what happens. All right, stay warm. Thank you, Bob.
There he goes. That's Rocky over there at Premier Livestock in the Withy area. Speaking of staying warm, hopefully you can. You got uh, duty at the feed bunk this morning. Hopefully you're bundled up. Let's find out about our weather over 13 First Alert Weather Room. Mike Dandry is with us. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. Well, that uh, number one hairdo that you got from the Marine Corps, that's uh, kind of cool this morning. You got to have a stocking cap on. You better believe I do. And it's not going to change, although tomorrow will be nice. Yeah, tomorrow and Thursday not looking so bad, but we got to get through today first. We'll actually have an approaching warm front, which will push our temperatures up a little warmer than yesterday, but it's still going to be about 10 degrees below average as we top out in the mid-20s for today. Otherwise, tonight we'll have some clouds that still hang around at least through the first half of the overnight before starting to clear out by tomorrow morning. Lows only in the low 20s, though, so actually not much of a change between our high this afternoon and our low later on tonight. This will give way to sunshine for tomorrow and for Thursday with highs nearing 40 tomorrow and mid to upper 30s for Thursday. Friday, things become a bit more seasonable. Still looking at some sunshine, highs in the low 30s. Then some cloud cover rolls in for Saturday, highs in the mid-30s. Sunday does bring us a chance at some snow. It could see some accumulating snow, but models go back and forth on that, so not really committing to any sort of amounts. Just something to keep in the back of your mind. Otherwise, some cloud cover hangs around for Monday with highs in the mid-30s. Right now, though, it is a very cold start to the morning. Temperature of 5 degrees and a wind chill of 6 degrees below zero. So that means we do have some breeze to deal with today, huh? Yeah, we're going to have uh, wind chill values mostly in the mid to upper teens as we'll have those winds mostly out of the southwest between about 5 to 15 miles per hour. All right. It's not the first time we've seen that kind of weather. <laughs> we'll deal with it again. You better believe it. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Bob. There he goes, Mike Dandry over 13, first alert weather. Again, as he said, 5 degrees right now, sunny early, then clouding out. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, I have no idea what that was. What that was. <laughs> but I know what's coming up next. That's Morgan in the newsroom this morning, and uh, she has made our studio a lot sweeter this morning. With molasses cookies. Mm-hmm. Now, how long did Merry you Christmas. slave over the stove to make those? Let's just say I got the last of the flour off my face just as I <laughs> sat down behind Mike today. How many different varieties did Mom make? Uh, she made, this is the first batch of the season for molasses cookies, so I had really? to bring them in for you, yeah. Oh, they look delicious. Yeah. I can't eat them until I get off the air. My mouth waters so bad I can't talk. I know, those smell so good, don't they? Oh, it's water. I got, I got a message it. from Mom yesterday that said molasses cookies are done. I thought, well, Bob's going to need one of those to kick off the season. Oh, so boy. That's how I bake. I wait for the messages that my mom's taking them out of the <laughs> oven. <laughs> we'll celebrate in style. Looking yes. forward to that. What's going on? Well, with headlines, we can bake those. Good morning. And we're going to start with a update from a case that a lot of people were following, and it actually has a connection to another state in Missouri. Prosecutors saying it wasn't for a license plate reader. The suspect in a grisly Wisconsin murder could still be on the loose. Police in Missouri arrested Joe Dominguez Garcia last week after a license plate reader flagged his car. He'd been on the run since 2020, and that's when police say he allegedly killed his estranged girlfriend, Rosalie Rodriguez, and left her body in a suitcase in Chippewa County. She was originally from Sauk County and worked in the Dells. Dominguez Garcia is waiting to be brought back to our state to face those murder charges, although that timeline is a little unclear. Nothing's set quite yet. 
We look to some local developments with 911 dispatchers in Eau Claire now sending texts and giving live video back in return. It's part of a county's new prepared live 911 system, and it's been up and running for the past couple of weeks. Now the county is looking to make people uh, a little more aware of it. Dispatch Director Greg Rosno says the idea is to give our dispatchers, along with first responders, more information about what's going on on a scene they may be added to, where 911 dispatchers can send callers a link, and then that activates their phone's cameras and gives authorities a live look at what's happening. On that note, some local responders honored for saving a life. You can find this from Travis Hakes in the department in Chippewa County at 715newsroom.com. In other headlines, if your Thanksgiving leftovers are dwindling down by Thursday, you'll be ready to get a Chick-fil-A. You can add that to the list of new businesses, Costco opening doors as well. So a busy time to welcome some new businesses to the landscape here locally. And if you go to the Pop-Tart Bowl, there might be a treat at the end of it. Whoever ends up playing there might get to eat a giant toaster treat. Let's look at the numbers, shall we? We don't yet know which football teams will compete in the December 28th game in Orlando, but whichever is on top will get a large toaster treat. This is the first year for the Pop-Tart sponsorship of the bowl game, which started in 1990 as the Blockbuster Bowl before moving on to the Visit Florida Tangerine Bowl, the Champ Sports Bowl, Russell Athletic Bowl, and the Cheez-Its Bowl. I'm Michael Kastner. And before the bowls, we go back to the barn and take it by the horns with Bob Bosold, Jill Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. You ever been to a bowl game? Never to a bowl game, no. How about you? Yeah, you have. Yeah, I went to yeah. the I went to the Rose, Rose Bowl, Bowl yeah. way back when, uh, around, I don't know, Ron Dane, when they beat Stanford in the Rose Bowl way back there. It was mm-hmm. quite an experience. Yeah, you get I out to Los Angeles. You get out to Los Angeles, and they love it when Wisconsin comes out there because... Literally, they drank them out of beer. Yeah? With the Wisconsin crowd. You know, they have all these rallies and Badger Day and this, that, and the other thing. And I was at one of those sessions, and uh, I said, I'll have a beer. And yeah. They, you know, they have one brand. I think it was Miller Light or whatever. Miller and Miller Light. And I'd, I'll have a beer. Don't have any. What? You got some coming? No. All I got a beer is sold out in Los Angeles. It's not available. <laughs> because of Wisconsin? Yeah. Well, yeah. I keep one in the newsroom. You can dunk your cookie in it later this morning. How about that? <laughs> That's a good combination. Yeah, I think so. Right? Well, I'll uh, wash it down with a big glass of milk. <laughs> boy. All right. Thanks, Morgan. Anytime, Bob. All right. There's Morgan in the newsroom. And uh, what time we got? Almost 18 minutes before 6 o'clock again. Five degrees out there. Jerry Clark is here. Jerry, of course, is the Chippewa Dunn Eau Claire County Crops and Soils agent. We'll hear what's on his mind next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And on a Tuesday morning, Jerry Clark, Chippewa County Agricultural Agent, Dunn County, also uh, Clare County Crops and Soils agent with us. Must have been cold. You had your stocking cap pulled down over your head. Yeah, it was, you know, five degrees with a breeze. That'll <laughs> yeah, knock you down a little bit. That'll get your attention, that's for sure. <laughs> Still got some crop out there. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you take a little bit of a break for deer hunting and Thanksgiving. So, I, uh, yeah, there's probably about, I don't know, 15% out there yet, maybe. Yeah, I'm looking at the overall in the state, 85% of mm-hmm. the corn has been harvested. But in west central Wisconsin, it's 84%. North central, it's 71%. Northwest, 83 East central, it's only 70%. Down in the southwest, 97. South central, 91. So down that way, it's pretty well off. But uh, 80% in central Wisconsin. So 
Still yeah, got still, a little work to do. Still see a patch of corn out there, and uh, some will get at it here, yep. I think, in this next week. Jill, is the Welke Land and Cattle Company, your brother's got uh, their corn all off yet? No, they're still got some down on Highway R. They do? It's close to the bins, so I'm thinking they're doing the... Put it in the grain cart and put it right in the drying bin. All right, uh, not a bad idea, but some of that moisture. I don't know if they uh, give us the the number here. Uh, moisture that well, nineteen percent is down to averaging nineteen percent in this latest crop progress report. So again, combines uh, will be rolling, but uh, again, we got a lot of great. As I said earlier, Joe, this is uh, between Christmas and uh, Thanksgiving. A lot of meetings coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Catch us up because these are you got some really good ones coming up. Yeah, so uh, this Thursday is our uh, Badger Crop and Soils Update meetings, and those kind of replace those uh, former meetings we used to have, uh, you know, pest management, agronomy updates. So they've rolled them into one, and that'll be this Thursday in Eau Claire um, at the Best Western Plus Conference Center on the southwest side of town there. And uh, Who are some of the specialists coming in? Yeah, some of the specialists we have uh, in the morning, uh, well, a keynote speaker is from the University of Minnesota. Um, she's going to come in and talk about uh, uh, climate change and kind of how that affects cropping systems and mm-hmm. things like that. And then we have uh, Dr. Joe Lauer, Sean Connolly, uh, Damon Smith will be on a panel discussion kind of talking about how changes in climate and weather are affecting uh, corn, soybeans, uh, crop diseases. And then uh, the afternoon sessions, we've got... Uh, Dr. Brian Luck will be here, uh, Rodrigo Worley, uh, Dr. Uh, Hadichek is our new econ- one of our new uh, crop economists, so he'll be on board uh, to talk about what's going on. And this so, is all in one day? This is all in one day. So Whoa. they've got five presentations and two panel discussions and a keynote speaker. Mm, man, and registration online is has ended, but if you want to attend, um, we we got a way to get you in the back door, basically. So give me a call, and we can work with you to try to get you registered What's before Thursday. Number? What number do you get a hold of you at? Uh, 715-726-7955. All right, 726-7955. That's going to be an information-laden meeting, that's for sure. That's this week. Now, yep. what's coming up after that? Well, then uh, next Thursday on the 7th is uh, our Farm Pulse Crop Insurance and Grain Marketing Kickoff event, and... This kind of going, coincides with a hybrid course that we've developed that'll uh, launch January 1st. But this kickoff event next Thursday, uh, we have Corey Walters, who's a agricultural economist, grain marketing specialist from the University of Nebraska. He'll be here uh, to talk about uh, grain marketing strategies, kind of some of the market outlook, those types of things. And then we also have some uh, local uh, educators, myself, Steve Akinick, and Katie Wontok, will be talking about uh, some of the farm input, crop input pricing, and some of that forecasting that's uh, out there. And Katie's going to talk about some of the financial management, taxes, uh, those kind of things as we uh, move into the next cropping season. When's that? That'll be When's de- that? that'll be December seventh, okay, um, next Thursday at the Best Western Conference Center. And if you come to that meeting, you'll get a twenty dollars coupon to register for the Farm Pulse um, Hybrid uh, course, which will start in January and run through December. So there's eight online grain marketing modules plus four in-person meetings. And those four in-person meetings will all be in Menominee uh, throughout uh, between January and March. But you get about a $20 discount for registering mm-hmm. for that course. Uh, but this one on the 7th is free. So there is no charge for this one on the 7th. 
Uh, but we do need RSVP for materials, lunches, those kind of things. Oh, that's good, man. That's uh, those are some good, powerful meetings you got coming up. Yeah, there's um, they've been. Uh, it's kind of the way I think since coming out of the COVID with the virtual world and and trying to less travel and those kind of things. Uh, this is kind of the way I think our a lot of our delivery is going to be in the future. We're still doing a lot of local programs yep. as far as kind of county by county. But um, some of these larger programs that have uh, kind of that regional focus will be delivered in this method, I think. Well, I'll tell you, it'd be good to get Joe Lauer, Sean Conley, Rodrigo Worley, mm-hmm. and the rest of them back out because there's no better way to get an answer to your question than look the guy in the yeah. eye and say, hey, what happened and, with uh, Mayor's Taylor, yeah. giant ragweed, what's the problem? Yeah, and it's going to be a little different format. I mean, you'll get those those same presentations from yeah. some of those speakers, but if you really have a question, these panel discussions, because that's what they're there for is to answer your questions um it'll have kind of a climate weather spin but crops and weather all go together anyway so absolutely and uh, i was asking jerry before he came in the the, uh long-running lenders conference ag lenders conference yep the agriculture lenders program that we've done for i don't know 45 and that started with randy knapp and jim faust so um that'll be january 4th so we just set that up. It'll in Menominee? Ah, uh, Altoona. It'll be in Altoona. It'll be in Altoona this year. Where are you going to have it I can't remember the place. <laughs> All right. We just set that up. Um, All right. It's a, yeah. Well, they fixed the parking over there. Yeah. So that'll be good. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's in Altoona. But All I'll right. get you that more. We'll deep. more we just launched that, uh, finalized everything on that one. So All right. we'll get Sounds that going. Sounds good. Stay warm. Put your cap back yeah, on. Yeah, we'll do. <laughs> All right. Jerry Thanks Clark, so. Chippewa Dunn, Eau Claire County, Crops and Soils agent. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, don't forget the Farm First Dairy Cooperative Member Appreciation Dinner is today at noon at the Egg Country Financial in Marshfield. And we need to... And where else? We got one again next week. And then next week on Monday, there's on the 4th, it's at noon at the East End Barn Grill in Independence. All right. And now we need to do our markets and head on down to Sparta and hear from Hot Eman. Fed cattle selling steady today with the Highland Choice Beef Steers and Heifers 168 to 175. The Choice and Select Beef Steers and Heifers 159 to 167. The Beef and Dairy Cross Steers 158 to 168. The Highland Choice Holstein Steers 154 to 160. The Choice and Select Holstein Steers 143 to 153 with unfinished steers, heifers, and heavy steers a dollar to a dollar forty-two. Cow market steady. Quality beef slaughter cows up to a dollar fifteen. The Hyaline slaughter dairy cows ninety-five to one ten. The cutters and utilities sixty-five to ninety-four. The low yielding and canner cows twenty-five to sixty-four. Organic market today with the results from the November twenty-seventh sale with the Hyaline slaughter organic cows bringing one thirty-five to one seventy. The thin and small cows ninety-four to one thirty-four with organic steers and heifers one sixty to one eighty. Bull market steady. Most bulls bringing ninety-nine to one fourteen with the thin. Full bulls over 2,200 pounds discounted at 98 cents and down. Calves sold by the pound today with a steady mark of the quality of Holstein bull calves, bringing 275 to 425, topping at 450. The quality of Holstein heifer calves, 50 to 125. The quality beef bulls, 550 to 750, topping at $8. The quality beef heifers, $5 to $7 with the light and poor quality calves, bringing 10 cents to $8 per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Wednesday, November You collect 29th. data about your... Fed cattle followed by bulls, cows, and calves. This is Hut Eamon at Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. 
The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Jerry Fitzgerald joins us now for with the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Well, I got the wood pile where you need it for the winter. Well, we got to saw some more up, but it's uh, certainly going to be uh, a challenge today to keep ahead of the cold weather. But uh, And uh, one thing, you know, uh, you guys were talking earlier about these uh, sharp declines on the Board of Trade and the Mercantile. But, you know, I was listening to a lot of stuff yesterday. <laughs> Didn't go outside much yesterday. But the one thing that really, uh, I guess, is uh, really kind of prominent right now is the cold storage report comes out every once in a while. Beef in cold storage is 5% higher uh, than, I don't know, a month earlier or whatever. So that, all everybody is analyzing that, that the demand on the top, the demand from the consumers on the top end uh, beef products is really slackening down. So that has something, probably something to do with this too, you know. Well, so, it has something to do with the price. You go out and buy a, a good filet right now, you're talking $30 a pound or whatever. So it's, uh, it's tough. Well, yep. on the consumer side, that's for sure. Well, how did the uh, market sell yesterday over there at Stratford? We'll tell the folks about it, and good thing the live market is faring better than what we have on the board in the Merck. And, uh, Bob, thank you, and good morning, everyone. A summary from a very, very busy Monday yesterday here at Equity Stratford, one of the largest sales of this year so far. And we'll start out with the cow market yesterday. Most of the high-yielding, fleshy Holstein and beef cows yesterday's auction, selling from 91 to 112. Uh, the majority of the cows we sold yesterday sold from 65 to 90, thinner cows uh, below 65. On the bull trade, your better quality bulls are selling mostly from a dollar to a dollar fifteen. Lighter bulls, a dollar and back. A light test on the fed cattle yesterday. We'll have an update on those later in the week. Most of those will be sold tomorrow. Calves, uh, on the calves yesterday, a huge run of calves yesterday. Over 800 calves sold here at Stratford yesterday. Uh, mostly steady trend on the calves. Again, new on the mention, uh, in this extreme cold weather, uh, not the best demand for these lightweight calves, but these good quality 92, 130-pound Holstein bull calves selling from 200 to 450, topping at 460. Heifer calves yesterday mostly 50 to 130. Beef calves continue to be very, very strong, 300 to 600. Fancy black calves yesterday up to 655. And we do have a full marketing week here. Of course, back all four sales this week. Uh, today, Tuesday, we start at 10 o'clock this morning with the hay and bedding auction. Folks, we do have round bales. Uh, most of those are going to be first crop, so if you're Running short or whatever, we'll have round bales today. That'll be at 10 o'clock. 11 o'clock will be the market auction today, and we will sell organic cattle today, followed by the conventional market cattle. Just a reminder, tomorrow will be our feeder cattle sale. We do have uh, uh, quite a lot of feeder cattle already on the consignment list for that sale tomorrow, including uh, beef cattle and uh, quite a few Holsteins. A lot of these Holsteins are going to be lighter weight cattle, 350 to 600. So that'll be tomorrow at 1230. And just a reminder, our next dairy auction here in Stratford will be one week from today, December 5th. We do have a complete herd dispersal for that sale next week. Uh, information on that herd is on our website, Equity Co-op. Click on the Stratford page, and you will be there. And Bob will send her back to you at 555 and 5 degrees. How does that sound? Yep. Uh, fives are wild. You have a good one, Jerry. We'll talk to you in the morning. You betcha. You guys stay warm. Thank you. We'll do it. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Barn. And our market's brought to you by the folks at Synergy Cooperative in Ridgeland. Looking at the Board of Trade, uh, corn and wheat down yesterday. The big corn crop coming in and wheat exports off. Beans were, were quiet, but a little higher. Overnight, what happened? March corn up a fraction at 475. Oats down a fraction at 374. March wheat up four at 565. March soybeans up six cents overnight. 
thirteen fifty four, and March meal up eighty cents a ton at four twenty three forty. And at the country elevators today, new crop corn and loyals at four oh one with soybeans at twelve forty six, and Arcadia corns at three ninety six with soybeans at twelve sixty one. And in Chippewa Falls and Connersville, new crop corn is at three eighty one with soybeans at twelve sixty one. On the DTN screen this morning, dollar golden plump corn is three ninety five a bushel. At Baldwin and Elmwood, corn is four oh one beans at twelve forty six. At Durand and uh, Durand three ninety six on the corn, twelve thirty six on the soybeans. Mondovi corn's three ninety six beans twelve forty one. At Fall Creek, corn twelve or corn three ninety one beans twelve thirty six. And at Osseo, the corn is four oh six. The beans at twelve forty six. Elk Mound four oh one and twelve fifty five. Corn at Sparta, 411 today. The beans, 1237. And Ellsworth, 381 and 1246. Ethanol plants at Boyceville. Corn's $4 a bushel at Stanley, 416 to Richmond, 411. Barrel cheese up three yesterday, 147. Blocks up two at $1.61 a pound. Butter unchanged, 250. November class three traded two cents higher at 1715. December up a penny at 1636. January down 9 at 1635, February down 12 at 1686, March down 16 at 1716. And that's the way the markets look this morning, courtesy of Synergy Co-op. Five degrees right now, sunny early, but cloudy later on. High today, it's going to be cool, 25, but tomorrow it's going to be about 40. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi and the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.